Welcome back to the gathering place of all nations. This Monday night, we had Pastor Derek Adams in the house. Derek reminded us that the bridegroom is coming soon. But are you the church or the bride? Let's check in. God is so good, you know that? Well, that was pitiful. That should always be like the biggest amen is whenever God is good. Yes, amen. You'd be quiet the rest of the night. But whenever God is good, you know, he has been so good to me. He has been so good to you. And uh, oh my goodness, no one could ever be better in your life than Jesus Christ. Nobody. No one could ever treat you and be faithful and be there for you through thick and thin like him. No one can provide for you like him. No one can take care of you like him. No one can, you know, give you the peace that he does and the joy that he does and the, you know, I mean, it's just impossible, right? And I often think about, my goodness, where would I be if I did not have the Lord? I don't even know if I'd still be alive, right? And, uh, God is so good, and it is true. One of the things that he's doing is stirring up our hearts to reach out and to, you know, because uh, like you said, Brother Rod, is uh, aren't you glad that somebody invited you or however they did it to where, how you got saved? I know somebody, God used somebody to invite me to church, and I would be the, the most unlikely person that would step foot in a church, but thank God they invited me. And you know what? It took, during that time when my dad was dating this lady, she had two daughters, and it was, they were the first ones to invite me to come to church. And uh, I left church when I was like 12, 13 years of age, and now I'm, fast forward, I'm 21, and all those years, no one ever invited me to church. No one, not one person invited me, right? And um, until these girls, and they invited me to church, and uh, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that they invited me to church because it was right then and there on a Wednesday night and then I, I hung out with the young people that weekend and then I got saved that Sunday, you know, and my life hasn't been the same since, you know, 23 years, 23 years serving the Lord and uh, 19 years in ministry and God has just been so good, you know, and um, I don't know. I, I, I wish you guys lived closer because I love coming to this church. Pastor Victoria last night, oh my goodness. Whew, a word that she brought forth at our church last night was just so like timely and so good. I love your pastors. I really do. They're some of my favorite folks, <laughs> favorite people. I love Pastor John and Pastor Victoria. You all are blessed to have them. They are genuinely true pastors, you know, and they love you. They really do. They have been through things that you'll probably never understand what they have been through, you know. I don't even understand, and I don't even know everything they've been through, you know. I mean, it's not like that they tell me every little thing, because <laughs> they don't. I don't even know. But I know that as a pastor, you go through stuff, but they are still strong and standing and still serving the Lord and going after God and... 
you know? And I know that they want the best for this house and for this church and for this ministry, you know? I mean, they want the best for you. And you guys are really blessed to have them. And, uh, and I wanted to just give you a report that her message last night was so awesome. My wife and I were talking about that today, like, man, oh my goodness, her message, woo, was so good. And it was, it's funny because, uh, you know, it's kind of something similar what God has been speaking to me about, not exactly, not the way she put it, because she just, oh, she's a firecracker, man. <laughs> she is, she's a fireball, man. Oh, man, and I love that they're the real deal. You know, I hate fake and phony and religious stuff, but I like the real deal, and I like because it's all about relationship, and you all know that in this house. You know, it's not about the rules. It's not about religion, but it is about the relationship, and when you got that relationship, there's just things that you don't want to do. There's just things that you, you know, I mean, it's like when you, you're married. It's not about like, well, you know, I can't, man, I can't cheat on my spouse. My gosh, you know, I mean, you don't think that way. You don't want to cheat on your spouse. At least I hope you don't think that way. If so, you need to repent of that sinful nature and sinful thinking because you know when you have covenant you're thinking I want to please my spouse I want to be honorable and loving and faithful and, and, and be there and committed and dedicated and why because you're in covenant right that's what it's about and you want to be pleasing to the partner you know I mean that's how it is with the Lord you know, you want to please him. You want to serve him. You want to be faithful the best you can. Yeah, do we mess up? Absolutely. Thank God for the blood of Jesus, you know, because there is not one perfect person in this room. You know, I, 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 I love the altar. <laughs> I need the altar. You know, my life was changed at the altar. We need an altar. We need to build up altars, and we need to constantly be going to an altar and repenting before the Lord because, you know what, it's not a once done and that's it. You know, well, you know, once done and thank you, Jesus. You know, I mean, that was great 40 years ago. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of these once saved, always saved kind of people. You know, I don't even think that scripture, I don't even know where that theology even came up with. I really don't. Because you look in the scriptures and it's like, you know, I mean, you got, you know, the apostle that was following Paul and everything. And then next thing you know, it, he even said that, you know what, he loved the world, that he just, he stopped following them. He stopped following Christ. He stopped doing the work of the ministry and he went and followed the ways of the world. You know, I mean, you got different ones. Like, look at Judas. You know, I know some people say, well, he, he never really was a real disciple or whatever. It's like, he was the one, and Jesus entrusted him to have the money. You know, I mean, he was one of the disciples. He saw the miracles. You know, it's not, that shows you right there that it's not about, you can see people getting out of wheelchairs. You can see the dead raised, the blind eyes open. You can see gold dust. You can have oil pouring out of your hands. You can have all that. And it's wonderful. And I love all that. But you know what? That is not what changes your heart and changes your life. It's a relationship with the Lord and daily having that kind of commitment and be serving him and loving him and that he's the Lord of your life. You know, that he's not just God and not just this and that, but is he Lord? You know, I mean, Lord is a different kind of word. You know, he is Lord over your life. He's ruler over your life. Yet your life is not your own, you know. Hello? Isn't that the thing about Christianity? Your life is not your own. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. 
you know, daily, die daily, pick up your cross and follow me. And, you know, Christianity is not a cakewalk. Sometimes it's very difficult. In this life you shall suffer persecution, but rejoice because your reward in heaven shall be great. You know? Well, I might not get a lot of amens tonight. I probably lost you after the God is good. <laughs> God is good. Amen. After that, it's like, well, pick up your cross and follow me. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> Aren't we all? You know what? I mean, I don't have this whole thing figured out. You know what I mean? Like, I mess up all the time. Like I tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you, I got to build an altar and I got to repent and I got to go to the Lord. And, you know, I'm, God is preparing the bride, you know, and not just the church, but the bride, right? We're going to be the bride of Christ. How many of you know that? All right. Father, right now, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for this house. I thank you, Lord, for everyone here tonight. Lord, I just thank you for your presence that's here. Holy Spirit, have your way. Minister your word. Minister your will in people's hearts and lives tonight. I get out of the way, and I just ask that you would just speak and move. And Lord, we just thank you for honoring your word tonight in Jesus name amen don't you love his word I love the word of God and uh, I love the word I love his presence and we can't just I love that old saying you know that if it's just all word you know no spirit how you dry up and if it's all spirit and no word you blow up but if it's the word and the spirit together you grow up I love that saying because it's so true. There's some people, they're just all nothing but word people. We don't need the spirit to move. We're all word people. And it's like, and then what happens is you create a bunch of religious people. It's all religion. And it's like, oh gosh, you don't even know you're a dying group of people. You're like a cemetery. And it's like, who talks about a cemetery? Nobody. You know, nobody wants to talk about a dying church. Nobody wants to go to a dying church. Nobody wants to talk about it, you know? But then you get the people that comes over here, over at the far, this end. It's all the spirit moving, and the spirit moving, and the spirit moving, and it's not much word. We don't really need much word. We just need the spirit moving, revelation. We just need revelation. We don't really need much of the word because God has given us revelation right now. And, and it's like, you gotta have the balance, you have to have the word. You have to have revelation. You have to have the spirit of God and the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost to move. You gotta have the word of God and together we can grow up. Together we can be mature. Together we can have a move of God. Together we can come alive. Together we give people life and life abundantly because you're not giving them religion, you're giving them something that's gonna change their life, something that's gonna set them on fire, something that's gonna deliver the drug addict and the prostitute, something that's gonna heal people and it's gonna deliver them out of struggles and troubles that they're going through. Suicide thinking, you know, I mean, instead God breaks that uh, spirit and all of a sudden brings life. Oh man, 
Man, I struggled with 10 years of depression and suicide thinking. And man, when I got saved, God broke that off of me. So many times I had so many drunk in the spirit moments. You know, I mean, it felt amazing that I could get drunk in the Holy Ghost and I can remember what I did. I can remember where I was at. I don't have blackouts. I don't have like... I didn't crash my car. I'm not in jail. I'm not, I don't have blood on me because I was in a fight and I don't remember. Hello? Woo! Maybe we get back to holy rolling days. We are sitting in our chairs too much. What about the times that we're on the floor and rolling around and having encounters with God and God is just moving and changing? Oh, man, you don't know. Don't ever judge somebody's breakthrough until you walked in their shoes and know what they went through because you don't know. You don't know the kind of hell that they've been walking through out of these doors. You don't know. You can sit there and judge. Don't be careful to judge what God might be doing in somebody's life. They're sitting there and they're shaking and like, why are they shaking, you know, and all of a sudden you're judging the move of God and it's like, be careful to do that because you don't know they could be shaking and God is shaking the hell that they've been going through off of them. They've been there bombarded with depression and suicide thinking. And God is saying, I'm breaking that depression off of you. Woo! You're going to, you came in all depressed. But guess what, honey? You're leaving here with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Woo! You can, they can be rolling on the floor. And they're like, why are they rolling on the floor? Why are they acting all like that? Well, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what God's doing in that moment. You don't know. They could have been on the verge of divorce and all of a sudden God touches them and God is healing the relationship. Woo! All of a sudden they get in the car and baby, I love you. I love you too. Woo! It's almost like they're on their honeymoon again. Praise you, Jesus. That's my God. That's what Jesus does. That's what he does. I've seen it. (laughs) Man, I'm telling you what. We are on the verge of the greatest move of God that we have ever seen. Don't grow weary while doing good. Seriously, you know, don't ever get tired of hearing that. Well, I've heard that before. When is it going to happen? You know, we've heard all these prophetic words. When, when, when? Again, you know, don't grow weary while doing good because you know what? You got to press in and just let's stand strong. Let's stand believing because you know what? We just went through two and a half years of very difficult times, right? You think that God is going to let the devil outdo him? No. We just went through an intense two and a half years. Get ready because greater the, uh, the attacks, the greater the breakthrough. And I'm telling you what, there's been great attacks. That's just a sign that there is great breakthrough that's coming. Oh, I'm telling you what, the harvest is ready. People, I have not, I'm telling you what, as the months go on, we, my wife and I, we are seeing more hearts being opened that were never opened before. We got our neighborhood that is like, I mean, you can't hardly go out for a walk without people like almost a, like bringing you down and be like, hey, you know, Joanna, you know, I'm wanting to talk to you, wanting to open up and tell you what's going on in their lives. Hello. I mean, it's amazing. My wife right now, she's got a lady who's wanting to go for a walk because they're on the verge of divorce, right? But she, 
She knows my wife's a minister. And guess what? She's been walking with her, pouring her heart out. She said half the time she's walking, bawling the whole time, right? It's amazing, but people's hearts are open. I just finished a job just the other day. I was there for six weeks, six weeks. When I started, and man, every week, I've been able to minister, minister a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. This past week was just awesome. Because like, she would be standing there like, well, I'm spiritual too. Yeah, spiritual, but new age. You know, telling me I need to go get hypnotized. And then I said, I don't do that. <laughs> I said, I'm good. And I don't preach at her about it, you know, because that's where she's at. I'm trying to meet people where they're at. Try to meet people where they're at. Don't argue with them. That'll never get you anywhere, right? Well, that's wrong, and I'll tell you why it's wrong. You know, whoa, whoa. Don't turn them off. <laughs> they won't want to hear from you because you're not the Holy Ghost. You just yield and let the Holy Spirit change people. The Holy Spirit's job, does it work for you? When the, Okay, let me ask this. All you married couples, do you try to change your spouse? How's that working out for you? <laughs> I'd like to know that one. I mean, you're really fruitful with that? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> so saying that, we're not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit's job is to go into people's lives and to change them and deal with them, Right? And uh, so I didn't argue with her and everything of all these things that she tried to bring up. Then she tried to get political on me and I wouldn't. I was just almost like, ignore that because <laughs> I didn't want to go down that road because I'm not there for that, right? And you choose picking your battles, right? And, uh, but anyway, so this last week, she asked me, she goes, so, you know, you, you told me that you were, uh, you know, you stopped drugs and all. She goes, how did that happen for you? Boy, anytime you ask that question, you're on the verge of an earful of sharing the gospel. I'm giving God glory because oh, I didn't do anything. I couldn't do anything, you know? And it was just so wonderful because then she just kept asking questions. And, it's just like, and then she's standing there going, oh my gosh, I got goosebumps. That's just absolutely incredible. I've never heard anything like this. And then you should go away for like, you know, whatever, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Then she come back in. Well, then I, and then another question. And it was like this all day long. And then go away. And then, well, I got another question. <laughs> How about this? Where's your church? Where, where's, you know, like, you know, uh, like even my uh, such and such family members struggling with, with drugs and everything and like, uh, like can we give them your information and everything and like, and then, you know, she shared because I didn't know that she had been to church. I didn't know any of this and I just opened up about because where she went, the minister had fallen and there's all accusations and everything coming out with him and young people, right? And a lot of stuff is going on. Well, I had no idea about any of that. And I got to share with her, and I didn't know it until I said it. But I started sharing with her, like, how that we have to always keep our eyes on Jesus. And uh, how that, you know, that I don't ever like it when people judge Christians 
just when one person falls into something now, and they say, well, Christians are all the same. You see that? Look, this person fell, all ministers are the same, all churches are the same, and it's, they're not, are we? And I share with her how I'm not going out cheating on my wife and doing drugs and everything else. Like, uh, like don't put me at care. And whenever I start sharing that, uh, just light bulb, I could see just went on. It's just like, like, and the Holy Spirit let me see that that's exactly what was going on, that she got hurt in the church as she was judging all Christians and all ministers, and here I come in her house ministering to her every week with different things, trying my best to work with excellence and, and ministering to her at the same time. In six weeks, you get to know somebody, you know? So what am I saying on all that? I'm saying people's hearts are open right now, you know, because you know what? I've done work with this lady before two times in the past and never was a door open. Just one time I was able to share something small. This time though was so different and the Lord was, uh, you know, dealing with me how that that's because the times and seasons we're in. People's hearts are open right now like never before, right? And it's good and that's not my message but relax because I'm not going to share a whole lot but there was something that struck me and I shared this with our church a couple weeks ago and when I shared it at our church I knew that I was supposed to come here and kind of drop it here and uh, you know just release it and I was listening because my wife and I we went to Brownsville back in the day and we used to go there. We went to the Bible school, graduated from there at the revival there that was going on. And uh, the worship leader that was there, Lyndall Cooley, he recently had something really bad happen to him to where he actually died. And, um, you know, but they did surgery and everything, and now he's doing fabulous, and he's a walking miracle. And, uh, but he shared something that happened during the time when he was in the hospital. And... I won't tell you everything he shared, but I'll just get to the point of the one thing that he did share. And that is, he, the Lord told him that the church doesn't love him the way that they should. He said, but my bride will. The church doesn't love me the way that they should but my bride will. I'm telling you, when he said that, there was something that just hit me. And man, I've been on, because I will already, last time I came here, I ministered on the 10 versions on like keeping your lamps, right, and about the bridegroom and how the five foolish and five wise and all that. So the Lord was already doing a work in my heart about the bride and the bridegroom and how he's trying to get the bride ready. And when he shared about how the church does not love him the way that they should, but his bride will. I've been thinking lately how that there really is like this. It's not that because, I don't know how to say this right. I want to say this right. Because we know that the church, you know, Christ is the head and the church is his body. We understand that. But we are in a time right now where there is literally a changing of to where it's the church and the bride. 
the church, there's going to be a lot of people that are part of the church that are going to stay in their religious garbage. They're not going to want to move a God. They're going to act like it's from the devil. They're not going to want it. They're going to agree the Holy Ghost, shut them out, right? And it's going to be almost like a loveless church, a church without fire, a church that's not genuine and real, not winning souls. They're just a dinosaur, right? They don't really, they love the idea. They love the religious stuff. But they don't really have that intimate relationship and a love and passion for him, right? That's like you could be married and say, well, I've been married 45 years. That's wonderful. 45 years does not equal great marriage. It just means you have, you've been married 45 years. You could be married 45 years and be in an abusive relationship and you didn't leave because you're afraid to leave because you're afraid to die. You could have been in a relationship to where 45 years to where the whole time you were just thinking about you want to leave and you hate the person you live with. And 45 years or 50 years or 60 years, whatever, it doesn't equal a great marriage, a great relationship. It just means how long you two have been together and put up with each other. That's it. Seriously, right? Because I've met them. I've met people that you, you look at them and it's like they, they look like they don't even like each other. You know, you, I was told in Bible school, you always know of if they have a great marriage by looking at the wife because the man can hide it, but the woman can't. Because the man knows how to hide his emotions or anything, but the woman knows her emotions. She, she just wears it on her face, Right? And so if you can see joy and life on the woman, I guarantee there's probably something good going on in the home. Good marriage, right? And uh, so it's not about all about how long you've been together and all that. It's all about, you know, you working things out, forgiving each other and loving each other and all that, like in the marriage. But same thing with our relationship with the Lord, right? Is that we're, it's a relationship, right? And the Lord wants to be married to us. Now, guys, this doesn't, because I know in today's age, you got to be careful with some of this because it's like, I, I just heard, I just read a thing recently that's where they said that there's 97 genders now. And it's like, I'm still trying to think of the third one. <laughs> I haven't been able to think of the third one. I'm still stuck on male and female. Where are the other 95? How is that normal? You know, I mean, there's mental illness running rampant, and we're calling it normal. Like, well, I don't want to offend anybody because, you know, I don't want to be, I got to be politically correct. I don't want to offend anybody. Guess what? The gospel offends, so get over it. You know, if you're going to live for righteousness, you're going to offend some people. Why? Because holiness, without it, no one can see the Lord. He's a holy God. He requires holiness. He requires purity. He requires these things. Who can ascend into the hill of the Lord, but he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall see the Lord. Right? 
You know, you can't go to the hill of the Lord and, you know, you're in adultery and in porno and all these things. You got to repent of those things and ask the Lord to wash you and cleanse you and the blood of Jesus wash you and then you can go into the hill of the Lord, right? We don't have to kill the lamb anymore. We have the lamb of God's blood that applies to us where we now have access to him. We can come boldly before him. Right? Because when, he, when you have the blood and you've repented and everything, now he's looking at the blood. Oh. And the blood is powerful. Right? So you see, there, we're in the changing season because it doesn't say in Revelation that the church is at the supper. It says the bride is at the marriage supper of the lamb. Right? the bride, those that love him. You know, Pastor Victoria ministered last night about the love and asking the Holy Spirit and giving us a challenge about, you know, asking the Holy Spirit for 30 days to teach us and help us to really love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and then love our neighbors as ourselves. Boy, I'm telling you what, there couldn't be anything more true because there has been too much competition too, too much people trying to make a name for themselves and being the all-star and being known and all that. Here, let me use the church platform. Let me use the church platform so I can be recognized and I can be known, you know? And then when you get there, it's gonna be empty. Why? Because it's not about you. It's not about me. The whole reason why we do what we do is because the Lord had mercy on us and saved us and changed us. You wouldn't be, have that position. You wouldn't have that platform. You wouldn't have that if it wasn't for the Lord. It's just what you wouldn't. You gotta stay humble. You gotta stay humble. There's too many people that pride is coming in and pride is coming in their heart thinking that there's somebody and oh here. It's not about, we're not getting Oscars in the church. We're not having the Oscar show. We're not having the global, glo uh, glo uh, global, what do you call those things? Globing Globes, yes, awards. <laughs> Here, you're the most amazing worship leader. Here's your award. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, that's called whenever you get before the throne and he gives you the crown and then you have the crown to lay before his feet. And you say, I'm unworthy. Jesus, you're the worthy one. You are worthy. You're the one that came and you bled and died for me. You gave your life for me. You are the worthy one. Oh, you are worthy. Everything I do, it's laying up treasures in heaven, not on the earth where moth and rust does destroy, but laying it up in heaven. Too many people want to use, even social media. God bless social media. But oh my gosh, it should be like brag book. Brag book, you know? And you know what? It goes the same way. 
Jesus even said, whenever you fast, whenever you pray, whenever you give, you do it in secret. And whatever you do in secret, the Father will reward you openly. It's the same way. Whatever, why does everybody need to know every person you minister to and every person that you evangelize to and, and you did this and you did, why does everybody need to know that? I guarantee you just got your reward. Because I'm trying to build my ministry. I need people to recognize that I'm anointed. That, oh, look, I'm actually doing something. I'm doing something for God. I just told them about Jesus. And, oh, let me get a little selfie with the person because I told them about Jesus. And now I need the world to know, uh, hey, I'm not sitting around doing nothing. I'm evangelizing. <laughs> Guess what? You just got your reward. But instead, you do it in secret. You're doing it before the Lord anyway. I mean, a guarantee, God will reward you openly. In my, that's just how it goes. But we're living in a day and age to where it's just like, oh my gosh. And I'll tell you what, I've told my wife, I hardly ever, so if I don't comment and like and all these things on everybody's things that you have on social media, you know what, I go in there and I'll post something and I get off. Every once in a while I'll go on there for like a minute or two or whatever, but then I get off. I'm not commenting on everything. Why? Because I'll tell you what, my wife and I were talking about this today to where like I have gone on there a few times and it was just like, I felt great before I went on there. I felt so good. All of a sudden I went on there and see something, and all of a sudden, all this depression. I've had this happen a couple of times, Helena. Depression get on me, and I was telling my wife, she goes, my gosh, me too? I said, all of a sudden, I started feeling like, what am I doing for God? Am I doing anything? And then I started hearing voices. Look at them. Look at what they're doing. You're doing nothing. Look at you. You're missing the call of God. Look at you. You're doing absolutely nothing. Look at what they're doing. And look at what you're doing. And all of a sudden, this competition and comparison thing start coming. And it feeling like hopeless and like giving up and like, why am I even doing? You know, and it's like, and I share that with my wife. She goes, my gosh. She goes, that's happened to me too. She goes, that's why I've been getting off of it. You know, she goes, I'll throw a post out there and then get off because I'm telling you what, it can be good and it could also be bad. We gotta just guard things. You know, if it's gonna bring you down, then why do it? Do you know what I mean? Now, I'm not blasting social media where I'm telling you, don't go on social media, I am not saying that. I'm just saying if it's something, we have to be wise. If it's something, because I mean, man, my, my wife and I, we're on the same page with this. It's like, and I, it's like if it's gonna be something that's gonna use, be used to bring me down, then why do it? Anyway, all right. That got like no amens because everybody is so... <laughs> they call these things cell phones for a reason. Because you're put into a cell. Have you ever been arrested? I have. I've been arrested more than a few times, <laughs> unfortunately. That's why sometimes I wish I could just chuck this, but I need this. I have to have it because of work and ministry and things like that. And it's like, oh, man, you know? But, oh, what I'm telling you is a lot of times people, because I've talked to people, and I have been there too. I have had times where I've got sucked in on this thing to where I'm more on this. And then all of a sudden, I'm like going to bed, and it's like, I didn't even read the word or pray. But yet I was stuck on this thing. And it's like, and the Holy Ghost telling me, you didn't have time. Derek, you were just on that phone for a couple hours. 
looking at this and doing this and doing that and doing that. Didn't have time. You had time. You just chose to do something else. And I'm not saying that you have to be praying and in the Word 24-7. I mean, come on. I'm not, I mean, we have to live a life and have fun and do things, you know. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is it, I can feel the grieving of the Holy Spirit whenever that happens. And then I make an excuse and then he's like, the bride. You know a bride? A bride is excited. They are anticipating their wedding day. You know, some people that say like, oh, you shouldn't be talking about the return of the Lord. You know, you shouldn't be, you know, why not? I think we're supposed to be talking about the return of the Lord. And I think that we're closer now than we ever have been. I really do. I believe we're living in the last days. And I believe that we are close to Jesus coming back. You know? But I have heard it to where like people, you know, shutting that down. And it's like, what bride doesn't want to talk about their wedding day? I have never met a bride that says, you know what, we shouldn't talk about uh, the wedding. But, you, we, you know, I mean, we're not getting married for two years. Let's not even talk about it. Are you kidding me? If it's a year, 18 months, two years, five months, whatever, that bride is thinking about it a lot. They're thinking about, what, you know, what all the people are going to wear and where they're having a wedding and what the dress and let's go shopping. I mean, all, all the stuff that's involved. Too much for me to <laughs> wrap my head. It's a lot. <laughs> but seriously, what bride doesn't want to talk about their wedding? What bride doesn't want to talk about the excitement of the day one day, you know? They have it on their calendar. They have it circled. They have it starred. They have it whatever. You know, they are counting the days and the weeks and the months, and they're counting it down. They're expecting their wedding day to be amazing because it's that day they get to marry the love of their life. They get to come into covenant. They get to live together and be together and live the rest of their lives together. It's the same way with us. Longing for Jesus' return because we're his bride and he's the bridegroom. Longing for him to come back. Do you have heaven on your mind? Because you know what? Sometimes I think that we get a little too earthly. We almost act like that this is our forever home. This isn't our forever home. We're just passing through. We're just pilgrims here. That's it. Life is but a vapor. Our f- eternal home is in heaven. Well, at least I hope. <laughs> if Jesus Christ is Lord, then heaven is your home. <laughs> I have to make that clear because you know what? Sometimes people actually think that, you know, I, I talk to them. Well, I'm a good person, you know? And they think every single a- ancestor is in heaven. And it's like, not every person is in heaven. There is, nobody wants to talk about hell. And it's like, nobody wants to imagine that anybody could be there. And then people even blame, well, if God is so good, why would he send anybody there? He doesn't. No, God doesn't send anybody to hell. Hello? He doesn't. People send themselves there because they reject God. 
And when they reject God, it grieves him that he has to say, depart from me, I never knew you. He doesn't like that because it's God's will that none should perish, but all have everlasting life. That is his word. If we would only read the Bible and know what the word says, then we would understand what the will of God is, that none should perish, but all have everlasting life. That's God's will. That's God's heart. That's the loving God, the forgiving God. And if you go to hell, it's only because you reject a loving God. You rejected him. You rejected his blood. You rejected his grace. You rejected the cross and thought you could do it on your own. You know, thought my way is better than his way. You know, so it's not God who sends anybody there. It's just us. We send ourselves there, you know, if we reject them, you know. I am so, like, not on notes tonight. I don't think I've read one thing. (laughs) That's just what happens when I come here. (laughs) Well, I will share a few scriptures here it says John 3 25 30 um you know what I'm gonna script some of this um let's see it says a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven whoo again this is John a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven You yourselves are my witnesses that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Don't you love his voice? So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. That's one of the things about being the bride, you know. It says in 2 Corinthians 11 and 2 through 4, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, So your minds, get this, so your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. Do you know that there is a simplicity in Christ? There really is. Sometimes we think the greater the the big revelation, the more like, oh. The gospel should be a five-year-old understands it, a 95-year-old understands it. The simplicity of the gospel it should be simple, right? For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive the different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Why? Because their minds were corrupted and they were deceived by the craftiness of the enemy. And we have been in a time where a lot of people have been getting deceived and falling by the craftiness of the enemy 
and falling into fables and, being, and falling into deception. And we know what Jesus even warned us of end times, that be careful that no one deceives you, right? This is a time to where we need to hear the whispers of the Holy Spirit, not following what's popular. Because I'll tell you what, there's gonna come a time to where the real bride of Christ, not just the church, I told you there is the, the, the changing of the guard, the, where it's like the church merging into the bride. And there will be some that are part of the church to where they won't make it because they've been stuck in their religious ideologies. But the bride has fallen in love with the bridegroom. They love his voice. They love his presence. They love everything about him. They're in love with him. They got a relationship with him. They love his word. They love the signs, wonders, and miracles. They love the glory. They love the anointing. They love his face. They love his hands. They love everything about him. They love the cross. They love the blood. They love it. If it's Jesus, give it to me. Why? Because I love him. I'm in love with him. I'm not in love with my denomination and my church. I'm not in love with the religion. I'm in love with Jesus. I'm in love with him. I can't get enough of him. I want to pray to him. I want to worship him. I want to love on him. I want to hear from him. Hello. And it's wonderful. There's a difference. There really is a difference. And there's been people falling and going astray to where they once even used to be on fire for God and even used to have the convictions of the Holy Ghost to where now they have fallen into the deception and craftiness of the enemy that their minds have been totally changed over. I've seen it. There's people I've gone to Bible school with to where they're not serving God no more. They have been married and in the homosexual relationships and then i saw recently someone that went to the school to where they really it's like oh my gosh her and her husband you know they just think that all the things that we were taught oh that's all we don't even need that anymore as long as we say that we love god and we go to church we're fine and they were at a strip club it's like but oh yeah go to strip club saturday and go to church sunday you know what i mean it's like how can you not have convictions that that's wrong? You know? Well, I don't want to hear that. Well, I'm sorry. You know what? Jesus is the one that called me, and he called me to preach the word. He didn't call me to preach what's popular and what's, you know, oh, you know what? You're going to offend someone. You're gonna... It's not like out of hate and anger and all that. It's out of a relationship with the Lord that you want to see righteousness prevail. You want to see holiness prevail. You want to see purity prevail. You want to see the glory. Amen? Amen. You really do. Why? Because the bride loves the bridegroom. Right? The bride loves the bridegroom. The marriage of the Lamb, Revelation 19, 7 through 10. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. His bride has made herself ready. That's where we're at right now. That is the days that we are coming into. Why? Because his return is sooner than you think. We are coming into the days. There has been a change to where, yes, we have entered into the, the beginning of sorrows. Yes, there is no turning back. There is no, there's going to be different to where it was in 2018 and all that. But you know what? We are headed for some glorious days for the, for the bride. But for those that don't know the Lord, some very dark days are ahead. 
right? Very dark days are ahead, but very glorious days are ahead of those that know the Lord, right? I'm telling you what, he's trying to make us ready. And there has been too much division and too much stuff going on in his body that I really believe that God wants to bring all that down, break it down to where we realize, you know what, it's not about our churches and denominations and our, all these things, but it's really about him. It's about our relationship with him. It is. It's not about how much we can be known and all these things, but it's about knowing him. Amen? And it says, and it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. It wasn't dirty, it was bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Whoo. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Don't you want to be invited? You know, you could have a wedding and you know that they're getting married but if you don't have an invitation, you can't go in and, and partake in that wedding. You have to be invited. You can't just show up. Hey, everybody, I'm here. Can you check that list? Can you check the Lamb's Book of Life? Can you check the invitation that I had sent out? Can you check the Lamb's Book of Life and see if their name is written in that? Because you have to be invited to come to this supper. Are you part of the bride? Right? And there is a changing right now to where people are going to really start falling more in love with Jesus than we have ever seen. I'm telling you, we're going to be seeing this in the days and weeks and months ahead to where people, because I'm telling you what, a lot of the church, we need a refreshing and we need revival and we need an awakening and we need all the things, you know, because the church at, overall has been kind of asleep. But God is moving and I believe that we are, anyway, he's gonna draw us closer to him. And a lot of people have been suffering from a dry eye syndrome. I'm telling you what, those that sow in tears shall reap with joy. Some of us, we've had tears before. We would weep in his presence. Some of us, it's been a while. Some of us, we might never have ever done it. But oh, get ready. Because boy, there are some times where he really shows up in your life. There's no words. There's times where he shows up in my life. All I know what to do is weep. I don't know how to say anything because I don't have words. My heart says it. My heart says it. But my mouth doesn't know how to communicate. But my heart, see, because worship is about the heart. It's not about what you're saying. It's about the heart. That's why you can never judge somebody's worship. That if they're standing there or sitting, or kneeling, or whatever their posture is. You can't judge what they're doing. Because there could be somebody that's more connected to the Lord 
that's just sitting there. And I mean, they are just having a heart-to-heart connection with the Lord. And then the person next to here could be, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Or it could be vice versa, okay? I, I don't want to like rain on anybody's prayer. It could be vice versa, okay? It can be. It could be whatever. I'm just trying to use, you know, I'm not raining on anybody dancing and all, okay? I'm just, I'm trying to use an illustration here. It could be vice versa. It could be a person sitting there and they're just like stone cold. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing going on at all. They just want worse at the end. <laughs> but you know you're a worshiper and you know that God's doing something in your heart when worship has to end and you're like, why? Why? Could we keep going? Can we keep going? But you know there's something wrong in your heart when you can't wait to worship in so you can get to the preaching of the word. Really? What in the world? You think it's the preaching? Yes, God will use preaching. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. I'm a preacher. I like to preach. I love to preach. I'm called to preach. I'm anointed to preach. But I'll tell you what, Sister Helena, I will gladly any day show up here and be like, I didn't have to preach. What'd you do? We just worshiped for four hours. <laughs> Woo! Come on, Jesus! Why? Because it's in his presence. It's fullness of joy in his presence. Woo-hoo! God can do so much. I'll preach for a million years and not do anything what I do in five seconds. Oh, because it's his presence. Oh. So, not to pick on anybody, but if that's you, and you're one of them that you just cannot wait to the end of worship because you just want to get to the preaching of the word. You really want to do some business with the Lord because that's not a relationship with him. That's not. That's a religious spirit manifesting. Hello? Because a relationship manifesting is I just want to worship you, Lord. You know? We're here for you. Preaching of the word is for you. Worship is for him. It's the only part of the worship, the only part of the service that God gets anything out of. He doesn't get anything out of anybody's preaching. (laughs) Jesus is not up there taking notes tonight. (laughs) Father, that's amazing did you know that i didn't even know that was written in the bible what part of scripture was that that's amazing i probably need to read this again because i didn't even know it was in there take notes of that one that's some good preaching come on Derek. (laughs) but it's it's 
it's not. Preaching of the word is for you. It's to help us to learn and to grow, right? It's also used for sinners to come to repentance. It's also a time for saints to even come to repentance. It's a time for the word to be washed over you, to be refreshed, to be strengthened, to be you know, faith being released. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And faith is released and encouragement is released. And the washing of the word over your mind is, is happening by the word because angels beckon the word of God. And, and when you speak the word, the angels are being released because they're waiting for the word to be spoken. He sent his word and he healed them. When you speak the word, the angels grab that word and they go on assignment to establish the word of God that's what happens but in worship oh you worship him and the glory comes down his presence comes down because he inhabits the praises of his people he gets closer and he'll just be like especially when the Shekinah glory starts to come in and when you can't even move you can't even talk doing the Shekinah I have been in presence I have been in services to where oh my gosh no one was able to do anything for hours I miss those services I missed a time to where no one preached and people come running to the altar like crazy I mean running just like get out of the way get, get down there why? Because the glory is there. I miss the services where the glory just comes down and you can't even talk. And don't you dare talk to me. I don't want to come out of this. And be like, I don't care. I'm sitting here soaking, you know, and just receiving. It's not a time I want to talk about all the weather and all that. I don't care right now. What about tomorrow? I don't care. Tomorrow will take care of itself. <laughs> I'm enjoying this right now. Woo! Oh. <laughs> don't you miss that? Don't you want that? Oh, the way you're just basking in the glory. Woo! <laughs> And oh, when the Shekinah comes, it's almost like when you worship, it's almost like God saying, you know what, this time, I'm just going to come down. And oh, we go from glory to glory. You want to be changed? It's his glory that will change us. It's his presence that we have to hunger for, right? Not another meeting, not another sermon, you know? And I love good preaching. I love it. I always have, always will. But oh, how I miss, how I miss the times to where it's just the glory and the glory ministers to you. Boy, this is a time where let's press into that. Let's press into it. Because I believe we're right on the verge of things like that to where, oh my goodness, you know, we're not giving people, you know, religious thing. We're not giving people just a sermon or in a, in a meeting. And you know what? It's the funny thing is, when the glory really starts showing up, 
You don't really have to advertise. And not only that, you don't have to drag people and beg people to come to church. When the real tangible glory of God, the presence of God is there, man, I'm telling you what, you can't wait to get back. It's true. There's refreshing. And it's good to see you, Pastor John. <laughs> and Pastor Victoria. I was bragging on you earlier. Yeah, I was bragging on you earlier because, oh, did we enjoy that last night. That was so good, you know. But yes, the bride, you know, where the church, like that word, the church doesn't love him the way that they should, but the bride will. But the bride will. And we're in that kind of changing mode of seasons to where the church, the bride, right? And it's like, I want to be part of the bride. Because again, it doesn't say it was the church that's at the uh, supper lamb. It says the bride is at the marriage supper of the lamb. And then there was other scriptures that, of course, I didn't get into tonight, whatever, you know. But don't you want to be part of the bride? Because the bride is excited. The bride is anticipating the bridegroom, you know. He's coming back, and it's okay that we start talking about that. You're not like, you know, making a generation feel like that they're not going to do anything. They need to know that, hello, the bridegroom is coming back. And yes, we are supposed to, you know, continue doing what we do in our daily lives and everything else, you know. But at the same time, also anticipating his return, right? And having heaven on our minds, I, I don't know what it is, but I have been having heaven on my mind. And there is a song that I have been hearing that I used to sing, and I used to hear it when growing up, that I love. Boy, there's some of those old songs. Boy, it does something here, don't, don't they? You know? When that's that song where it goes something like, What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see And I look upon his face The one who saved me by his grace And he takes me by the hand <laughs> And leads me to the promised land what a day, a glorious day that will be. <laughs> Come on. Oh. Oh. It's really hard for me to sing that song with the dry eye. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I sing that, I visualize seeing Jesus and him taking me by the hand. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know how wonderful that's going to be to see him? Whew. I know a lot of people, you see where, you know where people are at in their relationship with the Lord when they're all like, all they talk about is, I can't wait to see my grandma, I can't wait to see my mom, I can't wait. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I can't wait to see all my family that have passed on. But that's all they talk about. And it's like, well, and Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, him too. <laughs> like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Can we get this in order here? Jesus first, and then let me see my loved ones and all that. But oh my gosh. Oh, to see him. 
to see him, to see him. The bride, he's preparing the bride. You know, he's preparing us saints. Why don't you stand with me? Helena, do you know that song? You know what I think I wrote? I think I got the. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. Oh. Come on, just visualize it. Me by the hand and leads me to the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Come on, at the top, let's sing it again. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, and he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, a glorious day that will be. Ooh, can we sing that again? my goodness what a day that will be we're gonna have church here when my jesus i shall see and i look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace and he takes me by the hand land what a day glorious day that will be I can't stop can we please sing that one more time please what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face the one save me by his grace and he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day glorious day that will be I found it. It says, "There will." I'm not going to sing this because I don't know exactly how it goes. But, but it says there will be no sorrows there, no more burdens to bear. Oh, there we go. No more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. 
and forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. Is there another more part to that? When no hard aches shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace forevermore on that day, golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. <laughs> oh, can we just sing that at one time? Right at the top. When my Jesus I shall see And I look upon his face The one who saved me by his grace And he takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land What a day sound beautiful that sounded great you know I was in choir for many years and all I was hearing was like a choir singing I don't know if you heard that but you guys sounded like a beautiful choir oh what a day that will be amen see we have hope don't we those that aren't saved don't have hope those of us that have hope and have Jesus, we can sing this. But oh, wouldn't it be nice to offer this to those that don't, that can't sing this, right? Oh, how wonderful, how wonderful. We want you to experience all of what God has for you. Make sure to visit us in person. Check out www tgpoa.com for info on how to find us. We hope to see you soon.